that get you in the mood? Oh, that, I'm excited. That's coral. That's coral stuff. Yeah, who did that for you? My friend Nick Peroni. Shout out to Nick Peroni. And is it Nick's voicing and who are you or is that you? That's me. In character, I didn't recognize I did her. the guitar too. You did? I did. I don't know it's you played guitar. one chord. Anybody can do a chord. Uh, I don't know. Put a guitar in my hand and we'll see what I can do. I think it was an E chord because that's even better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for all you guitar players out there, I played an open E. Mm. <laughs> Not a, a tight closed C. <laughs> Colleen Smith, my God. Why haven't we been doing podcasts every day for the last 12 years? I don't know. I, if we'd, I think if we'd started 12 years ago, we might actually be successful because that's when. <laughs> you just got to keep pushing. Yeah, that when there weren't 4,000 podcasts. Yeah, I think our gimmick should, should be we do a podcast every day. Yeah. I guarantee you there are people who do it. And yeah. I bet you there are people who consume it just for that reason, that right. it's every day. And we do not have anything else to say to each other after no. the fourth one. But we're going to keep going. I imagine it would be like an experiment <laughs> in how just regular people live their lives where okay. everyone just, you know, because people you see every day, you talk to every day. Yeah. Um, and you talk about every nitty gritty, stupid little thing. Sure. Versus then you won't, haven't seen somebody for six months and they'll ask That's you about your life. kind of thing. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, you're like, I don't, nothing. I have nothing to talk about. And you're like, well, I did. I talked to somebody else for every day yeah. for six months straight. So you, we underestimate how much we have to say. We probably have endless things to say. We have endless things to say, but is what we have to say interesting or relevant right. or right. necessary that's, to be said out loud? That's where the entertainment value comes in. Yeah. That word. Before <laughs> entertainment. Was there a time before entertainment when they were just like, well, we, we talked for a while? No, I mean, before language, I'm still... Sure, people. I mean, people were drawing things, staring into yeah. fires. We have the eating. Eating was entertainment. Sex is entertainment. Sure. Sunsets. Were you sure? Surviving. Maybe they hated them. Maybe they hated sunsets. They were afraid of them. Maybe it was just hilarious to survive. Like you woke up and you're like, "Look at me, I'm alive." I'm alive. Yeah, maybe there were so so many <laughs> dangers that every time they woke up, they're like, "This is ridiculous." Look at this. We're still here. I bet you they laughed more. Yeah, they probably just laughed all the time. I mean, animals laugh, right? I think uh, dogs do. They well, think, I don't know if they not, do. I mean, not a hyena laugh, but yeah. I think monkeys laugh. I think they find things do hilarious. They? Yeah. Don't they? Don't they throw things at each other and go, ha, 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 I don't know. I know that my dogs are, can exhibit happiness. Yeah. But laughter is like something happened that was funny, and then you're reacting to that. I don't think I've seen my dogs do that. I think they have something similar where they realize something is play. Yeah. That they'll... They'll see you doing something that, if it was from something else, would be dangerous. Right. But they realize from you... This is a game. Yeah, this they is know a that. fake yeah. thing. They know And games. they go, oh, this is fun. Not necessarily funny, yeah. but fun. I always bring up in my... When I teach improv, to sound all smart. You ever have one of these things? Mm -hmm. But I talk about the game of peekaboo. Yeah. And how that's your earliest introduction to comedy. Yeah. And it's like, it's a surprise, but it's a little variety, too. You got to mix up the timing of the peekaboos, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of like, all comedy is that, you know? It doesn't really change what makes people laugh. They uh, have some sort of weird comedy pre-screening when you're young and you get, instead of people being put in, like in futuristic movies where they put somebody in different schools, different categories, that 
they screen babies by their how much they need their peekaboo variety <laughs> right. varied. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you need uh, like a pe- focus group, yeah, with and babies. If the, the peekaboo needs to be mixed up, they're like this person understands timing and variety. Yeah, okay. And if you're just entertained, no matter what, then you're you're in the crowd. Yeah. You're automatically yeah, yeah. A, an audience member. That can change as you, depending on what age you are too, because. I love my stepfather's great. His name's Jack, and he's this wonderful guy. He's like 94 years old. Oh wow! And his he is entertained by anything that comes on the television. <laughs> so he doesn't have any. He'll watch uh, you know like movies of the week sort of stuff, Hallmark mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And he had Netflix and he had like HBO and all this stuff. And he slowly got rid of them all because he realized why is he paying money for stuff that he values no more than what's on network TV. Yeah. And no more than what's on the Hallmark channel. He loves those movies as much as like something by Scorsese or anybody. I think I have two things to say about that. The first is I think they said that men, I don't know if more men watch Hallmark than women, but a lot of men. Really? There's some statistic. We should Google it. Maybe when men, here's my theory, men get older and they've like, ah, I've gone my whole life without true romance. And then they like try to make up for it. Yeah. And they want the small town idyllic. Yeah. And then my second question is, do you think he's so entertained by things partially because he's impressed by the work that goes into it? Or he just likes the story? He is the perfect audience. And he's been like this. It's not just in the last few years like uh-huh. when he's really gotten into his 90s. He's always been like, if you want someone to watch something with and you want them to enjoy it, he's going to be your guy. And he will talk a little bit during mm-hmm. it, but he'll say everything that the director wants him to say or be getting out of it. Like, you know, oh, it's so moving. Yeah, yeah. he'll say, like, uh, <laughs> oh, she's keeping a secret from him. You know, stuff like that, where the, you know, whoever made this thing is like, they would high-five each other. Oh, my God, this guy gets it. Does he also watch it without any distractions? Uh, no, he, you know, he's doing he's his got thing, his phone he's and getting stuff. up, he's doing stuff. He doesn't have a phone, no, he's not looking at that. So yeah, you're right, he is pretty concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we paid more attention in general to things, we would be more impressed. Because oh, if you, yeah. I've worked on sets, you have too. I know how much yeah. work goes into it. So even when I see something I despise, yeah. I also, I'm like, but they worked... Oh, really yeah, you know this. what goes into the... What is, yeah. There's an expression, what goes into the something, right? Isn't there a cooking What goes expression? into the soup? The stew or the soup? Thickens or, the broth? I don't, I don't know. know. There's something like that. If you know what went into it, then you're a lot more forgiving. I'm, I definitely am like that. I made a little movie myself, just yeah. an indie movie. Tango Born. Yeah, and after that, I was like, I'm never really going to criticize any movie ever again. Because yeah. I saw how it's so hard to do anything, to make anything happen. You know. Yeah. And if it's good, oh my God, what a miracle. Yeah, and how much something being good really isn't in your control. I think it's really unfair to everybody involved who gets blamed for something. Yeah. Because they'll, like they'll blame a director, but yeah. you don't know how many producers told them or how many no, networks or whatever. You have no idea. It's people who are so talented and you've seen them be so talented and then they're edited or yeah. directed into some yeah, I judge movies now the way I judge divorces, yeah. which is like I try not to judge at all. Yeah, I don't know anything that You're just went like into life's that. hard, love's hard, commitment's yeah. hard. I mean, I'm amazed that you guys last as long as you did. <laughs> Good luck next time. High five. 
It should be like you should like look at the positive. You guys were together three full years before you had that whole yeah. divorce. I do think it's sad that someone will be in a twenty year marriage and someone will be like, Oh, it's so sad that they broke up. But it's like like those twenty years didn't count. Yeah. Like, what if you were marooned on an island with someone for 20 years and you got along pretty good for 20 years? Yeah. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. It doesn't invalidate what you did. And I don't think people who were together for 50 years and you'll find out, well, we hated each other for 30 of it. Yeah. So you don't get a medal for staying together versus the people who broke up who now try something else. If you have yeah. a series of relationships that were good and then at some point ended, why are you less... Yeah, accomplished. And maybe you just like to sample humanity. Maybe yeah. you're a lover of uh, of the people. Of the people. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing like Bill Clinton tried to sell. <laughs> you know, this is our uh, welcoming podcast to our commune. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a politician who just likes fucking around and be like, uh, "Hey, I, I just like a bunch of different kind of folks." I have never. I love my wife, but I like I like I some like other the ones. Folks. <laughs> I have never been a well. I've never really been in a bunch of serious relationships, so this is a weird thing to say. I don't think that I'd be the queen of open relationships or anything like that. But even at a young age, I remember when Bill Clinton got caught cheating. Yeah, and I remember thinking it's like '90s. Yeah, so '90s. So it was probably a tween or a teen, yeah. and I remember thinking, "Who cares?" Well, that should be the I the thought mature. You know. Yeah, I thought the only person who gets to care, or the people who get to care, are Monica Lewinsky and Hillary Clinton. But I was like, because that's, you know, it affected yeah. them. And yeah, yeah. he made a promise to Hillary Clinton, not us, that he would be yeah. Well, how old are you? That's a really mature... Yeah, uh, and I don't even... I, I don't 100% know where it came from. I, I don't know that my parents were particularly one way or another. And like I said, it wasn't like well, I've been in a bunch of... sometimes kids can be very logical and, and clear because they haven't been muddled yeah. so much, you know? But you're just like, what is that your business? Like, he's the president. He's not... Yeah. You know what it might have come from, which is a terrible source, is my dad, because he was a Republican, thought, you know, if Nixon had just apologized, he could have stayed in office. So maybe I it's had it... maybe true. A lot of times it's, it's, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up, they yeah. say, you know? That maybe if, uh, if Clinton had just said, it's none of your business. Do you, this is so off topic. <laughs> we don't have a topic, so this <laughs> is on topic. But do you remember when David Letterman got caught cheating? Yes. This was pre-heart surgery or yeah. post-heart surgery. Because he had a... He or a, he got caught. Like, women who were on the show said, hey, someone said I had a relationship with this guy or something. something. Yeah, I think he... Cheated on his wife. Oh, I know it. It was somebody was extorting him Some, because he cheated. Yeah, they had info that he had uh, had these relationships. Yeah, and he was trying to get money off David Letterman. And instead of David Letterman giving him money, he's like, "No, I'm not giving you money." And uh, he, you know, and then he called the cops and had the guy whatever. Yeah, and then he just went on his show because the news got out. He just went on the show. You know, he's like, you know, I yeah, I. Did all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, his monologue was just shocking because it's like, <laughs> did I have relationships with people on my show? Yes, I did. I and, th and then after that, what are you going to do? You, you know, I think we're like, um, you know, when someone tells you not to run from something because then it'll know to chase you or whatever. Oh, yeah. That human beings, if someone's sneaking away yeah. from something, 
we look at them and say, what did they do? Go get, run, kill, devour. But if someone's standing there next to it, just being fine with what they did, then we think, okay. I guess, yeah, they really, and we admire the fact that they took ownership for what they did, which is not necessarily, if you did something terrible, two people do something terrible, one person says, yeah, I did something terrible. They still did something terrible. They might continue to do terrible things. The second person did something terrible and tried to cover it up. I don't know if one behavior is more admirable than the other. Morally, like we met, yeah. But the difference (laughs) is, I think you're right. I think people just want to know what the score is. And we don't care what the score is as much as you would think. We just want to know. Yeah, we were... Oh, you stole my thing, and now you you feel bad and return it. All right, now I know that. Yeah. And you're a little bit of a thief, but you probably won't steal from me. But if you just kept it, like if you just kept denying it, no, I didn't steal that. I was like, I see it in your... Yeah, then you're on some other level of, I guess, crazy or manipulative or dangerous. Like, there's one danger. The danger is you might steal my stuff or you might hurt me or you might cheat on me. The secondary danger is that you might continue to lie to me or gaslight me or manipulate me. And that now I'm even more afraid of. Yes. And I think it all goes back to, like, what would be scary for a tri- if you were in a tribe, like a little group of people. Yeah. And we're all depending on each other. And if Trevor keeps fucking around and he's telling little lies and stuff, yeah. we might have to take care of Trevor. Yeah, we know. might we burn might have, Trevor and eat him. We might have to eat him. I wonder about that. You hear a lot about how tribes were more sort of sexually progressive. People were allowed to have multiple <laughs> spouses. I don't know if you could call it progressive. Well, I guess, and a lot of times when people talk about how progressive something was, it's yeah. like, oh, for men. Like, men yeah. got to have lots of wives or something. But I wonder if some of that was you couldn't, you can't have an affair at a small tribe. No, everyone people hears. People are going to know. Yeah, everyone yeah. hears everything. So you have to come up with new ways to fool around. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, I read this one book called uh, uh, Sex at Dawn or something like Mm -hmm. that. It kind of deals with this stuff of like, uh, well, he compared human beings to, there's two descendants uh, or there's two animals that are closely related to human beings. One of them is chimpanzees and one of them is bonobos, which are another kind of monkey. Um, Chimpanzees are very territorial and they're weird sexually. Like, I think it's... Violent. Violent, and they can kill each other and eat each other sort of stuff. <laughs> and we always, get compared to, up. we always get compared to chimpanzees. <laughs> but these bonobos are just sitting out there completely peaceful, zenned out, having sex all the time. And I see the human race as a mix of those two things, because we can do either, depending yeah. on the situation. I did both today. <laughs> you did both this very day. This very day. Right now I'm doing it. You have killed and eaten and your enemy and sex. also had sex and laid around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. Um, oh, so here's here's the thing. Okay. Colleen Smith, you, are, uh, you have many credits. You're an amazing performer, improviser. You're in Puppet Up With Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grew up in Hawaii. Mm, yeah. And uh, a lot of people think that place is paradise, hotels, beaches. <laughs> but that I, I think I've heard over the years, it wasn't really your experience with that kind of thing. I th- I'm an indoor kid. I am definitely yeah. somebody who needs to be in misty, yeah. overcast, 
Right. 60 degree weather at all times. So Reykjavik should have been where you were at. Uh, I feel like a San Francisco, Ireland vibe. Not too cold. I can't, I have no tolerance for that. Oh, wow. You got a little, you just got a slim little. Yeah, a little window where it's sort of misty and dim all the time. Right. Uh, You know, my pale, pale skin. This is the weather of Great Britain. You know that. Yeah. I mean, and I don't have a lot of diversity in my genealogy. It's it's British, Irish, and English. (laughs) There's there's like nothing from anywhere else. My my ancestors didn't travel. They didn't get around. Come on. They came out. They they got to Hawaii. They got to the Americas. And then, yes, they got to Hawaii. That's a big deal. Like the, the more current ones, really, they traveled. Uh, I think people who did that kind of thing went across the ocean to a new land. That's pretty impressive. It's super impressive. I this is I don't know that this is a brag because these were terrible people, but I, my mom on my mom's side were directly descended from Miles Standish, who was the Miles captain Standish. of the Mayflower, I believe, or one of really? the really yeah something like that. Isn't wasn't he a cowboy? Miles? No, Standish. it was he. There was a cartoon made about him oh. by Looney Tunes or something at some point because yeah, there was some. What, I think that's where I remember that Cyrano de Bergerac kind of story about he married somebody and he was sent to woo. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but and I think he was a particularly horrible. So he man. was the captain of the Mayflower, something like that. Okay. And uh, if you Google him, it's like and the oh. Mayflower. I was getting mixed up with Jamestown. The Mayflower came after Jamestown. Correct. And yeah, Jamestown's the one. They're all murdered and gone. Yeah, they no were disappeared. It was a them. mystery sort of thing. Or yeah, we don't know if they were murdered, but they were not there anymore. Yes, UFOs obviously. So on my mom's side, you know, we go back uh, to the Mayflower. Yeah, as far as white people go back uh, in, yeah. in North America, and then on my dad's side, it's all 1800s Irish fleeing the potato potato famine. famine. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, the, uh, Ireland had a horrible time in the 1800s with a famine. Yeah, the potatoes were got a fungus or a disease. And they had enough potatoes, but they had to ship those to England. So the English were starving it's out. the English. The Irish, yeah. So yeah, Irish I went. touched on this in my last oh. episode with uh, Kristen Susson. But uh, uh, the subject of drinking came up, and I was saying, well, whiskey was my Waterloo. And if it weren't for whiskey, I wouldn't, I'd still be drinking. You know, it just, I, yeah. just more, I think it was my blood, because I have too much Welsh, <laughs> Scottish blood. And then I drink whiskey, and it's like, I want to kill the English. You know, things come up from my <laughs> historical it's your memory. Juice. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. Uh, so the damn English, again, because. I, I, I've heard more than one person when we're talking about the potato famine say things like, what about all those fish? It's an island. Well, I mean, I think you know this because I didn't know a ton about it, but so the potatoes weren't a crop that was native to Ireland. They, I think uh-huh. potatoes are discovered in the Americas. It's like potatoes, tomatoes, right. chili peppers, turkeys, I yeah, think. Yeah, like the Aztecs had yeah, these Yeah, and so a lot, it's funny that like tomatoes are associated with Italian food or like spices associated yeah. with Indian food, but these are all things that were transported. I mean, we... And we, coffee, coffee. Yeah, coffee, yeah. so a lot of stuff like that. So potatoes become this crop that gets introduced to Ireland and they grow it and it's great and they it's all this kind of fun dandy stuff. So they become very dependent on the crop and then, because the Irish are the, always the villains, I mean, the English are always the villains in these stories, yeah. they, uh, I think they own the farms and 
Irish are working the farm, uh, so they're yeah. growing these potatoes. And Surfed them or whatever. Something like that. Yeah. And then they're having to send all the edible potatoes to England, and they all the inedible, all the diseased potatoes is what they're starving from. So I think it was one of those things where they, they changed their infrastructure yeah. or their... And it, someone's going to listen to this. So the, there was, so yeah, there was uh, obviously there was economic reasons and geopolitical reasons that are go far beyond. Hey, there's an ocean right there. Maybe we should go out there and get some fish. Well, you might have also had different times of year. I don't know. Maybe winter. There's yeah. not a lot many fish, and then and also if you have not been fishing. And then you just start fishing. Yeah, yeah. That might be tough. You might have also had a population boom. You might not catch any fish. Also, there's yeah. the inside of Ireland. Like, not everything's on the coast. Right. I know. You look at a map and you're like, ooh, it's an island, but it's a big island. Have you ever watched any of the episodes of Alone, the seasons of Alone, where they're by themselves? No. What is that? It's a show uh, where they drop off like 12 people oh. and they give them cameras and stuff and they live by themselves in this remote Canadian island. They, so separately they drop them yes. off. So they're each alone. Yes. Because if you drop 12 name. people off together, I am sorry, you are not alone. No, you're not alone. Yeah. Uh, and then always the fisher, the, per, the fisherman people that yeah. are like, I'm going to survive over the fish. You think it's a good plan and it's always a terrible plan. Right. Because, yeah. you know, they never make fi- it. I've been fishing. And how many times out of those times I've gone have I caught fish? Yeah. Two, two times. It's always a bad plan. Yeah. And it gets really cold and they can't fish anymore and they're digging through ice and stuff. And so. then how, I mean, when you get nervous, we know this from performing on stage, it affects your performance. Yeah. So if you're fishing for your life, I mean, you're going to be, your hand's going to be shaking, the pole's going to be moving. Yeah. You're like, oh God, one fish, please. <laughs> And the fish is going to sense that. And that's the old <laughs> Irish proverb, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. <laughs> that old Irish lullaby. Yeah. We never knew what it meant, but now we do. These chairs are squeaky. That's They're super doing. squeaky. Sorry about that. That's why I'm not moving. Out there in podcast land. Um, so you're out there in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. It, the sun is just relentless. Relentless. <laughs> There's no <laughs> escape, apparently. <laughs> they have roofs, right? They do, and okay. I stayed inside of them. Yeah. So I didn't... You're nobody's fool. Yeah, I didn't enjoy the many splendorous uh, things that Hawaii has to offer the average <laughs> uh, person. <laughs> the average melanated I person. <laughs> Well, you're not here to see her, but uh, Colleen has striking <laughs> but pale skin. <laughs> not quite and blue, but pretty close. <laughs> yeah, you can't quite see all the all the little uh, vestibules. Yeah, of, it's not you know, veins and things. It's not dead, but it's yeah. You're not transparent. No. Yeah, you reflect light. Yeah, but it is, she's a very pale person. So I think if you had not taken care to stay out of the sun, I'd be looking at a very different face. Yeah, right I, now. I, you look at you know people in documentaries about Australians from the seventies, <laughs> yeah. or someone's forty-five. They They've just been <laughs> decimated, ravaged. It's like you think, sun. oh, is this is this about the effects of Hiroshima? <laughs> no, it's about it's just people it's just who live in a small town in Australia. Australia yeah. And didn't know about the sun. Oh, no. Poor people down there. Yeah. And then they had their ozone go away. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And it couldn't have happened to a worse, you know, setup for them. I mean, they're already struggling. And then they have no ozone. It's not great. (laughs) Poor Australia. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, yeah. Let's get to this. So, we do this show called Pop It Up. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've been... Around the world, the Puppet Up is an improvised uh, puppet show 
Kind of like whose line is it anyway, but with puppets. So that's my tagline. The only improv show that anyone can reference that <laughs> yeah, someone will know. Yeah, because a lot of people about. know that. Um, and that's another subject. Why aren't there more improv shows? That would be great for us if there were. It would be, but. Uh, it w- yeah, if only it were so. <laughs> um, and we've been to all these places in the world doing puppet up improv. We've been to Australia. We've been to Edinburgh a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, Canada, but I don't yeah. think you went with us to Canada. Or were you there? Toronto? Yeah. Yeah, I did okay. that. Yeah. Um, I like to make an impression. I didn't make any impression in <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> I became very Canadian, and it was just uh, a wallflower. I can't remember your Halloween costume. That's the... I didn't really do... I did... You know, I was smoking a pipe at that time, mm-hmm. and I kind of had a hat that looked a little bit like Sherlock Holmes. Yes. So I was kind of Sherlock Holmes, but a lazy man's Sherlock Holmes. That's how I remember everyone from that trip, is what they wore for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We, were, we happened to be there for Halloween. It was a big deal in Toronto. They really went for it. Um, but what, maybe it's Toronto, but what was your favorite trip? Uh, what was my favorite trip? I really loved Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. That's supposed to Edinburgh. Home of the Fringe <laughs> Festival. I loved it because um, we were put up in these different apartments and houses there. And yep. so a lot of people brought their spouses and friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were surrounded by a festival. And we're in this old, beautiful city. And there was all this new, fun food and pop-up stands and things like yeah. that. And... It, you know, it's summertime, but it's my kind of summertime. Yeah. Where it's like 70 degrees. That ain't summer that that's you... That's not summer at all. Uh, so you could go on these misty hikes and stuff. You know, in the midday sun, I could <laughs> retire to my... <laughs> really, yeah. When that sun peeked out, you just, <laughs> just go, bye-bye. Uh, so I shadows. loved all of that. You know, we performed kind of like a castle or a military thing, whatever that yeah. place was. And they were. Every, it was the former parliament building, I think. Yeah. And every yeah. night, if we timed it right, we got home from the show, you could see fireworks from the military our, tattoo. From the military tattoo. Yeah. So it was just. And then we'd have these big dinners. Alan Troutman's wife, Diane, would cook dinner for us. So we'd all come home and we'd invite everybody back and we'd have big dinners. And yeah, stuff. that was super fun. I really love that. And I love that city. Yeah, it's a great I city. I just walked the entire... I just Yeah, I was in a dream. It was like in a medieval dream of some kind. I remember when we first got there, you know, and you're all um, jet-lagged, you know, from the big trip. And then I go outside of the uh, apartment building that we were staying in and there's this kid in a, like, in the kilt and he's got the bagpipes and everything. He's just standing there. <laughs> And I was, I was just like, wow, I'm really in Scotland. Look at me, I'm here. <laughs> and I said, are you in the military tattoo? He's like, no, he's just, in, he's a high school kid. <laughs> Can't just be in the military tattoo. I think Edinburgh is one of those places that you sort of picture Europe. You know, you picture yeah. medieval Europe, and you go to London, and London's be- yes. beautiful, but London got bombed, so they had to build yeah. all these new buildings, and it's. Edinburgh looks like what you your kid brain pictures. Yes, sort of Europe. Not my kid. I that's what my I my adult thought. brain. When I went to London, I was like, I don't know, thirty five or forty. I don't remember. But I got there and I was like, oh, this is not what I thought. I mean, it's a nice, it's a great city, but it's very modern. And uh, but Edinburgh looks like what I thought London should have looked like. Yeah, it looks like a fairy tale. It's yeah. castles and castles cobblestones and, and bridges and Yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Edinburgh was the best. 
We should go back there. Um, well, tell me about um, this glop thing. Ooh. Uh, so we it's have an s- interesting idea. Yeah. So that's, a, that's a reality. It's not just an idea. Yeah, we're making it happen. It's do you're doing. So glory, GLOP stands for Glorious Ladies of Puppetry. It's a play on Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, which was a show in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they made a Netflix show. Oh, right. there's my dog. There's ducks her. and dogs. Uh, and Donna Kimball, who's a puppeteer, came to me in, uh, during COVID when everybody was locked away yeah. and said, hey, do you want to do something since everybody's free? And she told me that they'd had this joke about Glorious Ladies of Puppetry and Glop. And I said, okay. And so I wrote various sketches and her and Alice Deneen sort of figured out the logistics of it. And Donna ended up directing all of them and we filmed everybody, people would set up their cameras and then set up their Zooms on their laptops behind the cameras so we could, Donna could direct and I could read with them and give them line notes and stuff like that uh, through Zoom. Right. And everybody did it on green screen and then Donna and her partner, Rich, edited it together to make it look like they were all in the same room. Right. So it was nuts. It was really cool. I mean, I, all fun. I had to do in this scenario was write and you know sort of be like there as a writer uh don and rich did most of the heavy lifting in terms of the logistics of it and then we this go around we didn't mean to time it with the strike but it turned out to time out with the strike we filmed another six episodes and this time we were all together we got to do it on the henson lot they have a green screen studio and we did it there uh so this is really cool we got puppeteers from other countries who did voices and then we matched them with the puppets and what else have we did we just came back from sketch fest san francisco sketch fest we did glop meets glog which is the glorious ladies of puppetry meet the glorious ladies of groundlings oh yeah it's really fun it's an improvised show so there's puppeteers and there's groundlings and we just do short form improv but it's meant to be a family show right so it's really fun well, that's fun. And then we have a film festival. You you have you have a film festival. Uh-huh, You're present- not in a film festival. No, it's currently happening. Wow. We did uh Glop 48. So we did a 48-hour film competition. I did hear that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh we uh we're in the midst of the judging phase. I have five judges. And they did they made people made films in Two days? People made films in two days and uploaded them. And Each now, day is 24 hours, so two times 24 is, is 48. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so five judges are judging them, and then they're going to pick the top five. Okay. And then they're handing them over to our supreme fancy judges. Nice. Uh, who Because Glob's sort of mission statement, besides us trying to make stuff, is to try to get more diversity in puppetry. So... The cool thing about this is uh, all of our, our top three judges, they're producers and directors and work in the industry. It's um, Rosa Tran, Mike Mitchell, and Lisa Henson. Uh-huh. So the winners are going to be in front of these big deal yeah. people in the industry. It's hard industry. to get in front of people like that. I know. It's it's definitely the the, the most... I think that's better than the money prizes, just getting seen by these guys. Sure. Yeah. and And where do we... like? Where does someone see this stuff, or is there a way to... We're at Glopstagram on Instagram. Glopstagram on Instagram. We're on YouTube. Just look up Glorious Ladies of Puppetry. YouTube is a a thing on the internet. 
we have a website. It's glop.us because apparently glop.com is taken. I don't know for I, what. I'm sorry I have that. <laughs> when, you're, when you're buying up all those domain names. I just, I just bought up. A thousand of them. I just bip.com, gip.com. And then, uh, what are, where else are we? I think those are our three main things you can find us. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thanks, sir. This one thing that kind of ties into uh, the, uh, the stuff we were talking about, Irish background and all that. Mm-hmm. But were you in a bar and somewhere and some guy was like, oh, you got the Viking in you? I was in New York. And, yes. Uh, Amy Picacci, another Groundlings alum. Yes. I can't remember if she flagged down a drunken Irishman or a drunken Irishman wandered in, into her. It's always, you never know how it happened. No. He but arranged it. He yeah. made it happen. He saw <laughs> yeah. us come in. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to talk to if those I don't care if there's a flag down or not a flag down. Yeah. This is going to happen. We're going to bump into each other. And then any little movement with your hand, it was like, oh, that's a flag down. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. I'm coming over. And she said something about he was she found out he was Irish from Ireland uh, and she mentioned that I was Irish and, you know, he drunkenly wandered over to me to tell me what I looked like and why I looked like how I looked. And I was told that my look is not actually an Irish look. It's a Viking look. Oh, it didn't even have like a. He had like a club or something, like a like well, he was a Viking, right? Or he had yeah, traced he was his... part of this organization that uh, well, that's why he was so passionate about it too. Was it was this idea of like yeah. the, a, a Viking erasure in Ireland or something like that? They're a very small gaggle that's left or whatever. So yeah. uh, so there was definitely a feeling of like, uh oh, this guy's about to like recruit me into his yeah. club. He didn't get you though. He, did he? Uh, I mean, he, so I, he had like, uh, cause it was, you know, they were having a meeting in the back room. The Viking meeting? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just like him and one other dude. Oh, okay. I don't know what the. No, it was he like a, was he a strikingly tall blonde man? No, he was a short squat. Man. Oh, come on. I don't know what hair color he would have had. It was all white. What? Oh, okay. So we don't know. Yeah. But it's still the shortness. And I won't get us off topic, but I did have a student tell me once that the Vikings were not a tall people. Really? So, yeah. Just an averagely... <laughs> just average size or even maybe I mean, small or squat. So this so man was So how did they become Irish. so terrifying? Just because they were running up with weapons and... Yeah, just numbers and fury. So they just... You know, you're just sitting there in your coastal village, and then whoever pulls up in a ship with weapons, that's going to be yeah. scary. They're berserking people all over the place. And then maybe there's a feeling of like... How did we let these guys overrun the town? And then there's a little bit of like uh, Monday morning quarterbacking. Like they were really tall, right? Yeah, they were. How you? Yeah, like the the people who weren't covering were, the yeah. gate. How'd you let them overpower you? They, they were, were uh, they were so ten tall. feet, uh, thirty feet tall. They had <laughs> they had dragons for arms. We couldn't do anything. <laughs> they, do anything. Uh, they stepped over the gate in one single bound. They had hordes coming out of their helmets. <laughs> Uh, we saw these Vikings. They just look like regular guys. They were the size of Smurfs. What are you Come talking on, about? They were even shorter than yeah. average. They were little guys. Uh, uh, but anyway, he took me into this back room where him and another dude were having their sort of Viking uh, meeting, the yeah. local New York chapter. Uh, That's why New York's so cool. There's always there's a little thing if you're in whatever you're into. Yeah. You know. But uh, But that was quickly cut short by the other guy getting up to shake my hand or whatever and then immediately falling over and just 
smashing his face into his beer stein, his glass oh, beer stein. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. So he was just blitzed. <laughs> blitzed. And I, that kind of drunk where uh, you've hurt yourself so bad, but you have no recognition. <laughs> you have no feeling of it. No feeling. Oh, no, yeah. So he comes up, and he's just bloody. I don't know if he lost teeth, but definitely, like, you couldn't tell if there were teeth because there was so much blood in the front. Yeah. That's yeah. why people who are drunk and, and they get in car wrecks, sometimes they do pretty good. Yeah. Compared to the people that they wreck into who are all sober and doing the right thing and then crashy crash crash. Do you remember, which is, I, when I was a kid, I thought that I would never drive drunk. Uh, spoiler alert. I totally yeah, Little drunk. did you know yeah. how much you would, would drive drunk. There was a <laughs> Come TV. on, you don't drive drunk. Uh, not anymore, but I used oh, to. Really? Every once in a while. Sure. More than I should have, which is... Uh, Several, yeah. Uh, but I remember there was this movie. It was a true story. They would tell true story movies, and at the end, the real people would show up to kind oh, of talk right. to you at the end of the movie. Yeah, this guy, a uh, drunk guy, hit a girl on the road, and his punishment because he killed her. His punishment uh. was he had to write her a check every day for a dollar. His he had to write her parents a check every day for a dollar. Uh, and as he's doing this, he's starting to lose his mind because it's every day. He can't deal with the guilt. Wait, this is a real story? Real story. Huh. And he... Um, so he had to confront it every single day. He had day. to confront it every day. He at some point tried to send them, like, you know, thousands of dollars in checks just to get it out of the way. And they're like, nope, your, your punishment is every day. And he eventually, you know, he spirals out or whatever, and he eventually gets his shit together, and, and he's still writing that check every day. I mean, I don't know. The parents might not be alive anymore, but... And then at the end, he's like, hi, I'm blah, 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 and I'm the person who did this, and I write my check every day, and uh, don't drive drunk. And then we're like, I'll never drive drunk. Yeah, of course. The first time you get drunk and you have to get somewhere, yeah, you're like, I guess I'll drive drunk. Like, convincing films when you went to get your uh, driver's license, like driver's ed. Mm-hmm. Did you ever take one of those things? Uh, driver's licenses? Yeah. Yeah, to get I mean, your driver's, I... li- driver's ed? No, I had my aunt got me one of those... Um, Guys, as I learned to drive as an adult, as a 24-year-old. Oh, okay. It was adult education It was adult education, and she got me one of those things where the car has a steering wheel and a brake on the other side, and I had four lessons, and my fifth lesson, I took my driver's test. Okay, so you did it the back doorway. I went the official route and had, was in one of those classes, and they show uh, these really graphic films of what it looks like when you get in a car wreck. Yeah. It's not pretty, and they would just show them, and... Scared the crap out of me. I mean, I think it was more about having your seatbelt on than anything else. It wasn't about drunk driving. That was just like, drunk driving? Let's not deal with that. Let's get your seatbelts on first. Do you think, because I put my feet up on the dash, not when I'm driving. Yeah. With Uh, the seatbelt on or off? With the seatbelts on. But do you think that if I got into a car accident that I would drive my knee into my face? I think there's so much randomness in all of these kind of things (laughs) that people don't want to admit. Like, everyone wants to think there's a scientific way to crash. But when you're in a crash, I don't think that's scientific. Cut to (laughs) the man who survived 3,000 crashes. I mean, you can get... Here's the thing uh, that people don't talk about. Uh, It's a kind of a a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, if you're not wearing your seatbelt, that's good. Because you get thrown from that car, and guess where that car goes? Off a cliff. 
<laughs> so you don't want to be in there. I'm the queen of falling. I'm great at falling. You're good at falling? I fell off a horse once, but part of it was my own choice because I was like, this is going bad. The yeah. horse is a runaway horse. Oh. And I thought... A controlled fall. Yeah. I was like, Th- thrust yourself. You're going to fall. So <laughs> thrust yourself away from this horse. So you fall away from the yeah. horse. Like The hooves. hooves. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is go over the head in yeah. front of the horse. Then you're done. No, that's the worst. And I'm ruining my friend's wedding. <laughs> we can't incorporate the trampled girl into this wedding. <laughs> it's slowing everything up. She's in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Someone has to push her along. Uh, yeah, so um, let's do this. Okay. These are like hypotheticals. Okay. And so it doesn't matter what the answer is because it, it's not pertaining to anything in the actual world. I love to I've, live in hypotheticals. I made it up. Maybe I think my whole life is a hypothetical. Yeah, everything. Every t- time I go to bed, I just rock myself to sleep with possible <laughs> scenarios. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound as healthy as I. No, it's not thought. healthy at all. No, yeah. that sounds like you're torturing yourself. Yep. With hypotheticals, um, but these are light, fun. These are Wonderful. not that kind of hypothetical. Like, <laughs> how will I die? Sort of thing. Uh, so if you could change one thing about the world, what, what would that be? Oh, this is a lighthearted hypothetical? <laughs> no, you're, no it's, you're actually right. This is going to go right to the darkest corners. Of, okay, well, let's say uh, we, we can't do anything for like, the good of humanity. So if I could just change something about the world. <laughs> yeah, if you could change it. And it can't be something like food has no calories or something, <laughs> oh, which yeah. is 100%. Oh, it can be. The movie, that would be great. Defending Your Life, my favorite part about that movie was, I mean, I love that movie, but was that you could eat anything you wanted without uh, yeah, any calories. That's heaven, right? Um, if I could change anything about the world, I, oh, I feel so tedious right now that I can't think of something. No, it's a tough question because there's too many options. There's just so many things to change. Yeah. I think it's an unfair question. I'll circle back. I'll not listen and not really participate in the rest of it. Let's narrow it down. If you could change one thing about Los Angeles. Mm. What would you change? This is a really boring answer, but because it's been raining a lot, I wish we had like <laughs> tanks or tubs to absorb all this water. Oh, yeah. It really frustrates me. Because we we're kind of in a desert. Yeah. It's actually coastal chaparral. Yeah. That's the official title for it. Uh, but we're always having water problems. Yeah. I wish there were like towers of water and yeah. tanks everywhere and we were absorbing it. And then I also wish that all of the people who were living on the streets had a place to go. That's actually the real <laughs> thing I'd love to change I know when you about LA. T- it really, really, I really no, think it's our major... don't feel guilt about what you didn't change. I know, but that's just sort change. of the number one thing when I'm driving around. I just go, we're living in... I mean, I know that this happens in cycles, but like you read things about the revolution in Paris and just... Yeah. How the this disparity in wealth and just how poor people were living and to be like, we have so much. There's absolutely no reason people should be living on the streets. And so that would be my big thing. But that's my very non But it answer. wasn't what you chose first. No, so I'm I gonna picked have, water storage. So I'm going to have to go <laughs> officially, Colleen, we're going with water storage. I'm a real storage. hit at parties. And Can we uh, talk about water storage? I'm going to put an addendum <laughs> solving the homeless problem. But I'm so sorry. The first answer is the one we okay, keep. Okay. And it turns out you we are in the power. We can have you change something. So we're gonna change. We're gonna Great. have water. Both wanted yeah. humanity better, but just yeah. I know you are a huge um, Clue fan. Yep, yep, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That the movie Clue. Yeah. 
which I which I I think I was too old when that came out. I'm older than you. I think if you had if you had played the game and then you I saw that the game, right? I think if you played the game and then saw that movie, there's a lot of like cleverness in the movie that might be a yeah. turnoff. But if you hadn't played the game and you had no idea what they were referencing, then it's like, oh, everything's just a story, a really well done, yeah. a really wonderful, perfect story. We always argue about Clue. <laughs> but continue, to continue what you were about to say. <laughs> so let's say there was a like a Clue scenario mm-hmm. where there was a murder. Yes, right? please. And we're in a big mansion. Oh, and a dream a, vacation. There's a detective doing an inquiry, uh-huh. you know, who did it. Yeah. So what kind of character are you in that scenario? What do you see yourself as? Uh, oh, I, I want to be the Mrs. Peacock. I want to be the batty woman who's just a mess and <laughs> yeah. sort of I love how judgmental and horrible she is in that movie. Every, if you rewatch that movie, there's about yeah. like Four tips. Who played that part? Eileen Brennan. Okay. And she's just like, <laughs> like I just want to be the woman who makes all my problems. You have characters. You have characters like that. that yeah, I mean, a hundred percent inspired by her. Yeah. Just make all my problems everyone else's problems. Lots of asides and hysteria. Yeah. Kind of boozy, kind of drunk, <laughs> in the more comfortable outfit of the three women. Yeah. Uh, or four women, yeah, because Yvette... Actually, the, the cook, I think, had a slightly comfortable outfit. And then... Um, and for Clue fans, they're going to be like, and the singing telegram. So, sorry, also the singing telegram. But okay. anyway, uh, I just... Yeah, it would be so fun to have a... And also have, like, a problem with everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Now, is this fun, like... Is this fun to actually like be like if you could transport yourself and just become? Because I guess that's what acting is. So uh, you're saying if I was just genuinely me, as opposed to just like a fun. No, kind I of, like this way way better. Okay, this is like a fantasy of you as a different person. Yeah, because me actually in it would be the yeah. like problem solver who's like, okay, everybody, right. let's narrow it down. But not I'm so fun. Wadsworth. A lot of work. You yeah, not a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Managing people. Being yeah. very codependent. Or I don't even know codependent, but very much like, okay, let's make sure everybody can be heard and let's, uh, right. and let's not yeah. go to assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem solving part of it would make me happy. You, you maybe crave someone without as much conscience as you have. Yeah. Because yeah. that's kind of freeing. Because then they just get to... You just get to exist and have fun, and someone else has to do all the hard work. Yes. But I, in reality, I'd be the person who does the hard work. Yeah. That would be me. Right. I think my, okay, so now we have two categories. We have what you would actually be. Yeah. And then we have what your fantasy of what So you would what be. would you actually be? Or if um, you fantasy's more fun, start with fantasy. The fantasy, I would be like the very handsome cad. Yeah. Who's just hitting on everybody. <laughs> Doesn't give a crap. <laughs> you know what I mean? That would yeah. be fun, right? Yeah. And then they suspect him the most because he's kind of an asshole. And did his wife die? Or his wife? does he have a wife there that's always like crying in a corner and she weighs like 80 pounds? I think that, that what this char- the backstory of this character is kind of like Brad Pitt from uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where okay. there's a murky backstory with him and his wife and maybe <laughs> he probably did kill her at some point. <laughs> but now he's just here hitting on everyone. And he's uh, really rich and so yeah. people kind of put up with it. But he's just a jerk to everybody. <laughs> um, but I would be, in real life, I'd just be kind of clueless, afraid, and uh, trying to help any way I can, but not probably not helping. Yeah, and I'd be yelling at you, being, Ted, didn't you pay attention? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have remembered yeah. anything. 
The guy <sighs> murdered him right in front of you. Where you? I was. I don't know. I was looking at my watch. I don't know what happened. You know what I? The scenario too in this scenario, which is not a clue thing. Yeah. But a kind of uh, offset of clue is when there is a supernatural element to it, and a bunch of people yeah. in this reality are denying it or saying it isn't. And then there's somebody who maybe is crazy or maybe they are seeing ghosts or whatever. Yeah. And I always feel like I would be the person who's like, okay, well, let's just break it down then. Let's just go through it and <laughs> yeah. see what, what is possible. Cause I hate when they just shut it down. I do not for a moment believe in the supernatural. You don't? I, not no. at all? I oh, love okay. the supernatural, but I yeah, don't believe I like in it. it. Too. But if something happened, kooky yeah like if somebody was like they are possessed and i saw them float to the ceiling then i'd be like okay either there's some right. sort of like rigging going on oh you would you still wouldn't believe hold it. on i okay. would be like okay these are our scenarios we yeah. got rigging so you sure. ted rigging. you took that team over there most supernatural occurrences are end up being rigging, rigging. and yeah. i go you work that out okay you brain trust that okay you delineate you uh, give out yeah I responsibility yeah delegate 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i'd be like okay this group yeah we're gonna work the religious angle oh. and remember if there's possessions, if there's a devil, it means there's a god. So let's just start, you know, praying. Let's start doing our, you know, pentagrams on the ground. Everybody grab your crucifix. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's just work both sides of it versus the constant person is just, like, shutting it down. Or, yeah, they have to have that character. Yeah. Because, uh, you know. It's just to be annoying. Yeah, to be annoying. And then and then it kind of makes you feel like, oh, well, I guess they're treating it like we would in life. We, do, we don't always just buy into whatever supernatural. And it's like, oh. Yeah, they got to earn it. And I, I love it. a thing where everyone's just like, okay, we're on board. Let's go, let's go <laughs> yeah, forward. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> That's what's so amazing about Tony Shalhoub's character in Galaxy Quest. Remember that? Yeah, just on board. He's just like, from the very beginning, he's like, yep, we're going to space. Great. It's yeah. going to be awesome. <laughs> and he's really high. <laughs> and this is just a continuation of his life more than anything. I feel like I do think that movie is pretty perfect. Uh, though it's basically Seven Samurai, right? Like everything, every movie is Seven Samurai. I have to admit, I've never seen Sam so Seven Samurai. So Seven Samurai is the basis. Of, I know the plot of it. Yeah. yeah. Of and yeah. then it was Magnificent Seven. Yep. And then A Bug's Life is basically that. Yeah. And but when you think about Galaxy Quest, it's like a and um what's it called Three Amigos, same thing. Yeah. Where it's a town, a small town being terrorized by thugs. Yeah. And they go to this, get warriors. This ragtag band of mercenaries. Yeah, to whatever. come help them. Yeah. So that is the plot of Galaxy Quest. I guess you're Spoiler right. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, uh, in a way. Because and then ultimately they stand up for themselves. And it also has a bit of Wizard of Oz in it. Yeah. Because everyone is a fakey version of the hero, and then they realize, no, I'm the real version of the hero by the end. Yeah, and that's where Galaxy Quest and Three Amigos... And A Bug's Life overlap because they're fake uh, versus like Magnificent Seven and I think Some Samurai, they're actually legit badasses. Right. They are those guys. Um, but I, I do think somebody at some point was like, you got to explain. You got to tell me. And I do think there are a lot of people who like explanations and things. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people who don't. And their movies are being ruined. Maybe they should have, like, they have, you know, <laughs> subtitles in some movies and then some they don't. Like, yeah. you should be able to click on the, the dumb version and then the smart version, you know? Or the, the you know how fairy tales don't ever tell you? Yeah. You know, they're like, okay, there's this mermaid and yeah. she found a sea witch and she wanted to marry a guy and yeah. the sea witch turned her into foam, right? Yeah. And no one's like, why? 
what's the sea what's the sea witch's want backstory where did mermaid come from right where the, the, nobody cares that you know snow white yeah. ate an apple like no one's like why is she in a glass box like it's just there yeah. we accept it and if someone makes these we're just like great these are there but if you came up with a new fairy tale and you're like okay i yeah. got a woman she lives in a tree <laughs> Right. She gets pricked by a bee. She, yeah. you know, falls into a cave, and then a, yeah. you know, and people be like, "Where's the cave? Why is the cave?" Yeah, but it's just she have a bee allergy. What's the bee theme? We used to just let stories wash over us and uh, take us wherever they wanted to, and now we have all these questions. Yeah, for everything, and it and kind they of kinda, ruins it. They pick it apart. That's why pick people love like a Miyazaki film, where, yeah, you know, Spirited Away. There's basically that's no why I like. I've come to like. 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. I didn't start out liking that. I thought it was really <laughs> boring. And But that's the ultimate movie of like, I don't, that movie's just, the message of that movie is like, we don't know anything. Yeah. What This is crazy. I the world movie, is crazy. I've seen that movie in a long time. So I can't, I can't yay or thumbs up or thumbs down it. Um, well, there's zero answers in the movie. I do like pacing. I'll say that. Well, you would not. Right. Like 2001. When things are particularly slow. They could cut, literally, that movie is three <laughs> hours long. They could cut two hours and 55 minutes <laughs> without it's any plot. Monkeys, howl, and you're done. <laughs> the plot points. If they just did the plot of that movie, it's five minutes long. <laughs> That's all filler, that movie. That's my critique. No, it's an amazing film. Come on. I like the idea of you in a theater turning around <laughs> and yelling, it's all filler. <laughs> I mean, it's all filler. Nothing is happening. <laughs> Shh. A pen's floating. He wants in the pod bay. Who cares? <laughs> Why are they there? Nobody knows. <laughs> Why are they on a mission to Saturn? <laughs> uh. Oh, now they're all dying. Oh, uh. now he's a space baby. Why? Sir, sir, we That's need you to leave. sounds like... Who's that comedian? Who's the uh, Kevin Meany? Oh yeah, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why are they in space? Yeah, what are they doing? (laughs) Put your pants on. What's wrong with you? Stop it! (sighs) I loved him. I I get that way a lot when I'm at home watching uh, stories of people climbing Mount Everest and they all die. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what do you why? (laughs) Why did you do it? Why did you climb the mountain? It's dangerous. (laughs) It's a mountain. What are you, a crazy person? <laughs> I think there's some fact about Mount Everest where it's made of like shit and urine because so many people climb it every year. Yeah, and there's it's a all death these, trap. And there's so many dead bodies up there. Yeah, they can't bring them down. There's, the helicopters can't go that high. Yeah. And so there's all these dead bodies just up there. And they're and not decomposing. Yeah. It's the stupidest thing ever. Yeah. And it's just so people can say that they climb. I don't know. I have a lot of issues. I have absolutely no need for any kind of validation for like compliment. You shouldn't. That's because you're, like you're, that. you're a healthy type person. I don't know that I'm healthy. I want to be, yeah. you know, applauded well, let's say you're healthy stage. in that. You're healthy in that yeah. area. I don't have any physical aspirations to be great. <laughs> right. But you need that kind of validation from other sources. Yeah. Maybe what those people need to climb Mount Everest is just get them in an improv group. Yeah, get, get them, them in a, a 99-seat theater and just let them go. Yeah, They'll feel what true joy is. There's plenty of oxygen. <laughs> I'll tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, I can breathe on stage <laughs> all the time. Although we were in, I remember we were in Aspen, and yeah. uh, they had oxygen for us. Because yeah. that's at what? like uh, It's really high up. 12,000 feet or something? Something like that. It was very, I didn't do Aspen. I did Beaver Creek, and we had to. Maybe that's uh, what it was. In Colorado, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And um, we had to Creek, breathe. Yeah. yeah. Climbing like four stairs. You're like, whoo. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that altitude. I remember like we took a train. It's a fun train ride from L.A. to Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. I just went there this year or last year. Oh, but I, I didn't. I didn't look. This was organized by my mother, who wanted to see Santa Fe. So you were back tricked. when she was kind of mobile and going around seeing stuff. Mm-hmm. So we met her there, and I didn't do any research because she had done the whole thing and figured it all out. We just took the train. The train was what we were into because it was a fun overnight yeah. train ride, which was great. But um, I get there and I'm just walking around town. I'm like. I don't know, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I had, had no idea. It's like 9,000 feet up or something like that. No, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's nothing if you were expecting it or even know. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can tell your heart, like, hey, we're going to have <laughs> you gotta get way less prepped. oxygen. Get yourself <laughs> no, ready to go. mentally ready for the altitude. I think you can have that feeling where you you're mentally aware that you're not suddenly dying. Like, and so you don't panic. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think there's anything else you could do to prepare no, yourself. No, you can't. Uh, although I heard uh, smoking is actually good for... Nope. I guarantee you it's not. It's and that's not. a lie. And whoever it's told you that is a Is that liar. one of those things that smokers say? So yeah. Yes. I, I'm preparing for altitude. <laughs> My little sister, Jennifer, uh, we went to... Where did we go? In Colorado. Someplace really high, like 17,000 feet or something nuts. Yeah. And she got altitude sickness. Sure. And humans are not meant to be that high up. No. Yeah. Well, Peruvians are. Well, you got to get used. You got to have several generations. Yeah. And uh, that's what the Sherpas, you know, they're the bigger lung capacity. Yeah, bigger hearts. Is it bigger hearts too? I think so. This is a fact I learned as a child about them. So (laughs) this could 100% be, have completely been (laughs) disproved by now. You you knew everything when you were a kid. Were you a precocious uh, child who kind of got everything? Like you knew about Bill Clinton and we shouldn't care about his... Yeah, I guess I was in everybody's business. (laughs) I I definitely read a lot and I, I liked school for listening. I didn't like doing homework, but I definitely, you told me something. Yeah, I heard it. And if there was some sort of strange context to it, my brain definitely clicks away weird facts, probably all yeah. to, to be... That's what maybe adds to how good you are at improvisation. That's what I was going to say. I think it's like, I didn't know I was training my whole life to be an improviser. <laughs> but it By turns collecting out, facts. Yeah, and, weird yeah. facts, weird, completely inaccurate facts yeah. from my You are grade. one of those people, and I think Roy Jenkins is in this category, you're hard to stump on stage. Like, you know what I mean? You know a little <laughs> bit about most things, at least. A very thin veneer yeah, of yeah. most things. Roy's got is deeper. Roy has yeah, like... That's what, that's what he says. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll never give no, you like a very date. Intelligent. I'll never get, you know, never try to quiz me on geography and you'll yeah. see the real hole in my knowledge. Yeah. What's funny with Roy and uh, is that we were doing... A show with Eddie Izzard, mm-hmm. and uh, she, I guess she's a she now. But she, uh, Eddie, loves history and loves talking yeah, about she, it. I learned history from her stand-up. Yes, and so into it, and that's kind of Roy's thing. Oh, so they no. were kind of competing. Like Roy would say something about the Trojan horse or whatever, and you know, and then they'd kind of look at each other like, oh, "Wait a second, who's the history person around here? <laughs> you can't have two of them." Uh, hilarious. Uh, oh, one last question. Okay. If you could only play, I know you're a game player. 
I'm constantly <laughs> playing games emotionally. No, no, just, not like yeah. that. I mean, yeah. literally like fun games. With yeah, people. so I think the thing I play the most is Settlers of Catan. Is that so? The, the question is, mm-hmm. if you could only play one game for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. what would that game be, and why? Um, I'll say Settlers of Catan because what, I, what is this thing? Uh, so it's a real nerdy game. You start off with a, a board where you have wheat tiles and sheep tiles and brick tiles and uh, ore tiles. It's and like a civilization game where you're building yeah, a civilization. Yeah, so you have this thing set up, and there's one more tile, and I can't think Oh, wood tiles. And then you set up your settlements, and then you roll, and you get uh, you get various, um, I forget what they're called, resources. Yeah. And if you have a certain amount of these resources, you can build more settlements or more roads and all that kind of stuff. And yes. you can steal from each other, and there's development cards. How many cards. people play at the same time? I think the most is... Depending on what which version you're playing, I think it's a five a four person game. Yeah. So I play it with my brother and my. What's sister. the point to like just take over everything and be the one person you with want, everything? It's not that much world domination. Oh, okay. It's more. It's not like a risk where you have to win like the monopoly. Board. You have yeah. to get all the money. You you have to get to a certain amount of points. So your civilization or your whatever development has to be bigger than theirs. What if faster. I would like if the game just ended with everybody having their fair share of the commodities available? Well, here's a nice thing. So we have gotten deep cuts into it. Now we have uh, knights and cities and seafarers and various uh, other expansion packs that uh, you nice, add to it. Nice. And there's a version of seafarers, because seafarers you can play a bunch of different kinds of games uh, where you don't really compete against each other. You're, I mean, you are competing because who can get where fastest. But you're not stealing from each other. You're not getting onto each other's properties and shit. So it's nicer because then there's nothing personal. Yeah. You're playing against yourself. Yeah. Nice. But in a more awful, like insidious, kind of upsetting answer to your question, I have a Maleficent, like Disney brand Maleficent jewel game on my cell phone. I love those things. (laughs) I play the good old fashioned... uh, Candy, what is it? Candy Crush? Yeah. And that, uh, thank God, they ran out of levels. Like, I played it for really? so long that they ran out of levels, and they update new levels every three, four weeks. You beat the game. I, uh, yeah, I guess I beat the game. But now, uh, there used to be times where I'd just sit there for hours playing Do you, it. like, call the company and say, hey... I'm really look, I really would like some more levels. Come on, you're you're super hot, <laughs> very prior, hot, high priority, maleficent brand Disney jewel game. I I, I need some more levels. I need get to on the, uh, defeat the get wall on the or Reddit and start complaining about yeah. that. Yeah. But anyway, that game is like sometimes I'll be sitting there like playing it and TV's on and I'm like, what are you doing? I know, yeah. Just a tiny distraction. Candy Crush is like that. I'll watch TV and play Candy Crush. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. I did it on set. On was filming a show, and I played it most of the time I was on set. And I was so mad at myself afterwards. It's like, why didn't you spend that time sleeping or <laughs> writing or <laughs> memorizing your lines? Yeah, like, yeah. Instead, you just <laughs> sat here. And yeah. I don't think it's like... I, whatever grooves in my brain that are going to fight off Alzheimer's, like those have been done by this game. I don't need to keep playing this game. I need to pick a new game <laughs> yeah, and make some challenge. new grooves. Yeah. yeah, it's just uh, it's very comforting. It's like snacking on chips over and over again sort of thing. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, Colleen Smith, it's been a little over an hour. We really crushed that. Great job. We candy crushed that. 
love you forever. Love you forever. Keep it going <laughs> in the 2024, <laughs> 25 area. Oh, we're moving into 2025. I'm saying just get, keep going. Okay, I will. I plan on going past that, but go. Yeah, I'll check even in. If, <laughs> go past if you want. Yeah, but I'll check in 2025, see if you still think <laughs> I should keep going. <laughs> yeah, never... You don't want to take it for granted, but yeah, I th- I'm going to give you 2025. You don't yeah, have to check. Yeah, yeah. You can, like, it's like when you get a mammogram and you're mm-hmm. clear. Yeah. I'll give you two years. You don't have to see me for two yeah, years. But I got to I gotta have more mammograms because they found something <laughs> weird in my boobs. Oh, no. <laughs> so every six months, I'm going to check it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, you better. <laughs> if we're using that metaphor, you better check in every six months. Yeah, yeah. Just to be safe. <laughs> All right, Colleen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Woo!